The teacher is the person who values education, knowledge, information. They have a thirst for knowledge and they want to be like the expert on the topic. They want to deliver information to people. And these are the people that you'll see getting the certifications. They are going to all the workshops. They're taking courses. They're reading a lot of books. They're, they're consuming a lot and being the student really often. And they value that experience, right? Like they value the masters and the guides and the teachers that came before them. Welcome to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm your host, Marie Wold, business mentor, social media and sales expert, and lifestyle entrepreneur committed to educating and empowering women to build the lives and businesses of their dreams. Each week, my guests and I are proving that with hard work and the right mindset, absolutely anything is possible. We are here to bring you not just inspiration, but also actionable takeaways that you can use to create a life you love right now. We are also talking all things entrepreneurship and personal development, including wellness, social media, confidence, sales, business strategy, mindset, wealth building, and so much more. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast, my friend. I am so glad you're here because today's episode is going to be a game changer for you. Now, you've probably heard of horoscopes, enneagrams, maybe even human design, but have you ever heard of entrepreneurial archetypes? Because on this very special episode, I am joined by my dear friend, Amanda Bucci, who is the creator of Entrepreneurial Archetype, and she is about to help you get so clear on how and why you need to leverage your your specific archetype. Amanda is a social media consciousness expert, intuitive business mentor, spiritual psychology expert, and soon-to-be author. Her and I go way, way back, and it is so cool to see how far she has come, how much her business has grown, how much she has grown as a human, and how she has really embodied her entrepreneurial archetype. She's here to share everything about her project, The Entrepreneurial Archetype, and will explain how entrepreneurs can use it to show up in their business and their lives. She's going to walk us through the four different archetypes, which are entrepreneur, coach, teacher, creator, and how to really identify and step into your primary and secondary archetypes. She's also going to discuss how your specific archetype will influence how to set up your business models, set goals, your content strategy, your hiring decisions, and how to really set up your entire business and life and mindset for success. Harnessing your entrepreneurial archetype will help you get more of the right things done, minimize burnout, and really feel empowered and fulfilled in your business. So I'm so excited to jump into this episode. Without further ado, let's talk entrepreneurial archetypes with Amanda Bucci. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I don't even know what number episode this is because, as you know, it's been a while. It's been a minute since we had a new episode, and it's only right that we have my dear friend Amanda Bucci 
with me today because she was the first guest, the first interview we ever had. And now you're the first person to come on twice and you're the first person to come on after this hiatus. So if you don't know Amanda, she is a business mentor, a soon-to-be author, a creator, and all-around incredible human. Her and I have walked very similar paths in our journey from being influencers to coaches to entrepreneurs. And if you want to learn more about her journey, she has a podcast called Bucci Radio. And we also have a podcast together where we did, you know, how did you get to where you are today? Like we covered that already. So we won't we won't revisit it. But one of her latest projects is called The Entrepreneurial Archetype. And I'm obsessed with it. I absolutely love the entire concept around it and how you're giving people permission to be more of themselves and embrace their strengths, embrace their weaknesses. So can you tell us just a little bit about that project before we kind of jump in? Yeah, absolutely. So the entrepreneurial archetype quiz is essentially a personality quiz. Think like love languages for entrepreneurs. And it's a little, it's not like an opt-in quiz where you just see what percentage of, I don't know, Barbie doll you are. I don't know why that thought came to my head, but it's, it's, it's really, it's a deep understanding of how your inner template is set up. And I'm currently digging into all of like the deep psychology stuff of like, how does this relate to inner child wounding and patterns and conditioning from upbringing and all of this stuff. And if you've ever dug into the Enneagram in a deep way, it's it's really similar. And I've, I've found that in my own journey and experience and also coaching hundreds of entrepreneurs and clients, that there are four core archetypes that all of us, all online service provider entrepreneurs, not every single entrepreneur in the world is going to fit into this, but for the people that are putting themselves on social media, on the internet in some way, and they are doing business through some level of service, it could also be uh, e-commerce people as well, but there are four core archetypes and we have all of them inside of us. It's not to say that we are just one of them or we're only two of them. We have all of them. And the level of understanding of yourself will reveal to you how those are set up inside of yourself. So the core archetypes are creator, coach, teacher, entrepreneur. And we can go into the details of all of them if you want to go into that a little bit later. And the other thing about the archetypes is that we're kind of we're coming out with an updated version of the quiz where you're going to learn your percentage of how they sit inside of you. So let's just say you're 50% coach and you're 10% creator. And based on that, it will teach you and show you how to set up your business model, your content strategy, supporting you in making hiring decisions, and really supporting you and making it a lot more clear on how to set up your entire business and life. And the reason that I created it is because I had a whole journey of my own where I was not in my entrepreneurial archetype breakdown and it was making me really tired and I was so fatigued and I was trying, trying, trying to be one of the archetypes that is actually my last one, which I now know. And at the time, I was like, no, I just have to learn how to do this better. I'm going to hire all of these people, I spent 100,000 plus, 200, 300, I don't know, lots of money. And I, I don't even know. It, it was just a lot of money on hiring entrepreneurs as my mentors. And 
hiring people within my team that were entrepreneurial. Entrepreneur is my last one, if you haven't guessed yet, which is interesting because I'm a business coach and my identity for the last couple of years has been business coach, scaling your business, entrepreneur, blah, blah, blah. And something inside of me always felt like that identity wasn't really me. It was like a really subtle, like, I don't think this is really me, but I'm going to make it me. Do you feel like that fed into imposter syndrome as well? Oh my God, so much. Absolutely. And I think I think imposter syndrome really drives a lot of actions in a not in always a bad way, right? So I think that for me, it drove me to learn as much as I possibly could about entrepreneurship. And that meant a lot of investing in team, company culture, mentors, marketing mentors. And I did everything I could to learn all of the things about business, entrepreneurship, social media to make sure that I wasn't actually an imposter because I was presenting to the world that I'm teaching everybody this stuff. And I wanted and I valued other people who entrepreneurship is their first archetype. And I was like, I'm going to make myself as good as these people. I'm in the ring with these people. This is the industry and the niche that I chose to be in. And these people are on social media are doing it this way. And I'm going to like put myself in the ring with them. And what that did, and like, it was, it was, it was really hard for me because I was trying so hard to go in that direction and scale my business. Like I had a lot of overhead every single month. And we were like, we're going to hit the 2 million mark, 3 million mark. We're going to build the team and scale it out. And we're going to have this automation and that automation. And like things are just going to work eventually. Right. And I was so tired. I was tired all the time and I did everything in my power to manage my energy. I was like, okay, this is an energy issue. I need to make my physical body have more energy. So I'm going to make sure I meditate. I'm going to make sure I do yoga. I'm going to make sure I could not actually bodybuild at all. Like there was a whole year where my body was like, nope, we're not doing anything masculine. It literally, I would walk into the gym and it would be like, no, Mm -hmm. we're not doing this. Go do yoga or take a rest because your body is not available for Mm -hmm. this right now. It was almost like all of the masculine energy I had was put into my work Mm -hmm. and my business, which was like a weird thing. You felt that too? Yeah, for sure. I don't know if it was to that like drastic of an extent, but I absolutely like I used to love lifting and now it's like, yeah, I could I could take it or leave it. And like I would so much rather go ride my horse, take a walk, like play with my dogs in the backyard. Like it's really interesting. And if you think about the time when we were both really lifting heavy and doing bodybuilding and powerlifting, what were we doing? Creating all the time. Yeah. And we were like the creator is actually the deep feminine. Right. It's the it's the far left feminine actually of all the archetypes. So we were just like masculine external we're we're bodybuilding and we were doing all of that, but actually our work was highly feminine. It was open all day to create. Of course, you and I both were doing fitness coaching as well. So we were answering clients, but like there was very little structure to what we did. And we didn't have team. We didn't have deadlines. All we had to do was create. We were getting paid to create. And like that was so fascinating. Love that. Yeah. So it's, it was, it's really interesting to look at all the energies and how each archetype has a different energy. So just to kind of add on to the archetypes, to me, I see the creator as the air element. 
or the, the airy, airy type, they're really connected to their downloads, their ideas, their creativity is very like up in the air and really connected to universe, if you will, like the crown chakra. And it's the deep feminine. It's like, it almost repels structure. If you're a deep creator, like, let's just say you're a poet, you're an artist, you're a DJ, like repelling structure is a core quality of the creator archetype in a way. And this not is not necessarily always a good thing. It could mean that you have so many creations and they just never go anywhere, which is kind of like the starving artist archetype. And repelling structure is almost just like, I need to just be in my art and experience my art and experience my beauty and all of the space that I have to make stuff. But sometimes it can go into a place of too much space and not getting anything accomplished or completed and and lethargy and fatigue and like sloth in an interesting way which I'm actually finding myself in a little bit now. I'm like, I have a lot of room. Like there's less structure. This is fascinating. Whereas when the creator has too much structure, it can be deeply, deeply, deeply draining. And then the coach archetype, which is my second one, and I can't wait to hear what yours are as well. And the coach archetype is the water element, the water sign. And they are, they're able to be deeply connected, empathetic in the depths with people. They actually get energy from doing that process with people. Like for right now, when I'm writing my book, I wanted to talk to you and interview you for my podcast like we just did, because I struggle to only be in my own process. And I need that feedback from other humans. And I want to have be in that space. But the coach, their shadow side is struggling with boundaries, struggling with self-worth and value. So the coach will be very willing and able to just show up in service, support their clients, not charge that much, overwork, overdeliver. And their fear is people not liking them, being looked at as bad or wrong or mean, right? So there can be a lot of people-pleasing stuff going on with the coach. And then the teacher is more of the earth element to me. And again, like I made all this up, but it makes a lot of sense to me and, and it makes a lot of sense to other people as well. They're like, yeah, I really resonate. I feel like honestly, this already existed. You just like made it concrete. You know what I mean? And that's what archetypes are. I have a really awesome card deck actually from this woman named Kim Kranz and it's called the Arch- the Wild Unknown Archetypes Guidebook and it's a card deck and she has this awesome like 30 pages of content in the beginning of it and she talks about how the word archetype actually is the like arc is the first and type is type and how archetypes have existed since the beginning of time and you don't create them. They just reveal themselves. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't make it up. I just, they just revealed themselves to me and all of this content is coming through, but it's just like, this is just how it is. Right. And it's not like, I'm not formulating it through my own ego or through my own mind. Like it's already there. Totally get that. So I, yeah, totally. So the teacher is the person who values education, knowledge, information. They have a thirst for knowledge and they want to be like the expert on the topic. They want to deliver information to people. And these are the people that you'll see getting the certifications. They are going to all the workshops. They're taking courses. They're reading a lot of books. They're they're consuming a lot and being the student really often. 
And they value that experience, right? Like they value the masters and the guides and the teachers that came before them. They're the people that like quote this and that. And they're like, from this book, this person said this. And I noticed creator and coach archetypes do that a little bit less. But the teachers, they like really value the the people above them. But the other thing with the teachers is that they struggle to be seen as the student, even though that's like the core of who they are. So they struggle to be seen as like their their personality. They always feel like they have to. Again, this is like they're all of the archetypes have an unhealthy expression and a healthy expression as well. So in an unhealthy, unintegrated kind of way, the teacher will struggle to be seen as anything but the authority figure. So they will be scared to share their story, to share their personality and their silliness and like the parts of themselves that are a little bit less credible authority figure expert. And that will be a part of their deep work that they have to do over time to really like be a fully integrated teacher and recognize that you are the guide and the teacher, but you are not the guru. And it's not about you. It's about you being a vessel for the information to come through you. And then the last one is the entrepreneur. And it's so funny because I totally thought I was the entrepreneur for so long. And when I wrote this quiz, I had to call all my entrepreneur friends and I was like, what are you like? (laughs) I was like, who are you? Like, I don't, I can't write this one. Like, I don't have much of it in me, which is so interesting. But when you spend a lot of time in one that you aren't, what I noticed and what I noticed for myself is that you become really integrated in that type. And that type has a lot to teach you. And it only becomes a detriment to your business and your life when you try to be that type. That's your last one. Mm. And when you try to like, put yourself into the box of like, I need to be in the role that this type is suited best for. But there's actually so much to learn from your last type because you have the least of it. So it's like integrating your weaknesses. So because of all the time I spent as an entrepreneur or trying to be one, I am really well integrated as an entrepreneur. So I can step up and lead that role and I can strategize and I strategize for my clients all the time and I can help them build systems and structures. But it took me a lot of effort and energy and money. And it was so tiring to learn and implement and be like the leader head for this whole thing, this whole ship to run, which is really what an entrepreneur is like a visionary. They have, they're like the fire signs that they have that energy and resilience and ambition to get shit done and achieve things. And like, it's the, the far right masculine in a way, which is a really beautiful, like the masculine is beautiful. The masculine is the structure. It's the organization. And it's like a lot of, you know, women in entrepreneurship are battling between being an independent woman who can get shit done and do all the things. And also I want to be in my feminine and be this and be that. So I think there's a lot of conversation about like which one's better, but none of them are better. It's just like one can't actually exist without the other. And there's a natural kind of type that you are and you can always integrate, you have to actually integrate both of them into your life to be balanced and healthy in some respect, but it's, it's like a living organism. You're never going to just achieve balance. And even with competing, Marie, you and I both competed, we know that really, really great things and accomplishments and achievements, but also experiences and life doesn't happen in the balance. It happens in the ends of the extremes. So it's, it's not a bad thing to be in either end of the extreme. Like I don't regret at all 
competing and being in the end of that extreme and going into business and like crushing it in that end of the extreme. I learned so much from it. But now I recognize that that's not the core of who I am. So just to kind of close off the entrepreneur, they are the people that are not, they don't want to exist in safety. They want to exist in potential and they have the ability and the energy to go into that risky, risky space, this space of chaos, the space of the unknown and create systems, structures, organization. They can see a vision bigger than themselves and they can see who they might need to put into place to make sure that that vision comes to life. And they have that ability to do that and that energy. So they really are people that change the world. So those are the four. Okay. So now do you have any guesses after we just had, we just recorded for Amanda's podcast, a big chat about identity and social media and how the two are intertwined. So now that you've heard me talk about my core wounds and my identity, do you have any guesses on what my primary archetype is? I'm still confused. I don't think it's entrepreneur. I think that there's like some elements of teacher in there, but I also absolutely see you as like a creator first. So when I first took the quiz, I kind of, I was in that headspace of like, oh, I know that I'm an entrepreneur. So I'm going to get entrepreneur <laughs> out of this quiz oh because I'm an entrepreneur. And so you identified as one. Right. So I like took the quiz and didn't really like take the time to like check in with myself. It was like, does this actually feel true for me? And I got entrepreneur. And then I was like, you know, I don't know if that was really right because you kept posting more content about the different archetypes and stuff. And so I took it again and I actually took my time and let myself kind of drop in and see like, okay, does this actually feel true for me? And I got creator, which like makes so much more sense. And it like just talking about, you know, going through all of like our backgrounds and stuff in the episode we did for your podcast, like creating has always been so natural for me and something that I've always been so drawn to. But it's really interesting because I'm also very driven by achievement. Like I'm an Enneagram three. So achieving and like being in the masculine and like pushing, hustling is also something that I'm like kind of drawn to and chaos in the sense of like the chaos of figuring something out and like kind of putting myself like in the fire is really exciting to me. So I feel like the entrepreneurship side comes in there. So it's really, I don't know, what are your thoughts on having like your two highest archetypes being like opposites of each other? So I've done a couple of guest coaching sessions in different people's groups and I've met a creator entrepreneur and my business partner actually in the archetype business is an entrepreneur creator second. So it's actually like a really powerful to me type because let's just say you're an creator first, entrepreneur second, your ability to create is really powerful and your ability to be in that space. But you can also play in the space of structure so well that your creations always make it out into the world in some way. And it's almost like the second archetype is the way in which you express your creations often. So Isabella is also a creator entrepreneur, I'm pretty sure. And it's like you express a lot of your creations through your business, through your marketing, through also Angie Lee is a creator entrepreneur, I think. For sure. Yeah. So it's like you almost are using the business as like a way to have fun, a way to be in that creative space. And it's so it's probably enjoyable for you to like strategize on all of the cool ways in which you can 
market and copywriting and like you probably get a lot of value from learning and developing those skills. Does that sound accurate? Yeah, for sure. Like my favorite parts of running my business, even when it was like a wellness business was figuring out like the name of something and the branding and building the sales page and like what was the messaging going to be and what was my, but then I would also drop more into the entrepreneur of like, what's my launch strategy? What are like my fast action bonuses? (laughs) Like, how am I going to get people off the fence and all that stuff? So I agree. I think they play really well together, but it's also just really interesting to kind of like try to unravel like how they play together and like how they're related being so different. Yeah. And like, it's cool because I think a lot of personality tests and quizzes and even any, like any of them, Zodiac signs, Enneagram, it's like, you can take them and be like, okay, I definitely resonate with this one. And I think Enneagram is a little bit different, but it's like with this one, I'm trying to let the theory and the concept of it unravel itself. And what I'm noticing is that it can be very dynamic in a lot of ways. And I think that your awareness and your perception of your percentages, maybe, and even the positions. So like one, two, three, four, which we're coming out with a second quiz to teach everybody what that actually is. And then also like, I think my percentage is this. Like when I first made the quiz, I was like, I'm 25% of each of them equally. (laughs) and like that's a huge lol to me right now (laughs) I've had that thought I'm like I think I relate to all of them yeah that was the first thing you posted when I posted about it I commented I was like (laughs) I think I'm all of them and you're like I'm definitely the enigma here and like this doesn't work for me or whatever like I thought I thought the same thing but it's interesting because it's really wrapped up in how you view yourself and how you relate to yourself and what you're experiencing in the moment So if I took it last year, and I think a part of my burnout and a part of my like being in the achievement and the growth and the development and like my core wound was people pleasing, which is very coachy, right? It's a very like coach kind of shadow side. To me, that was me trying to like be in the identity of the entrepreneur. And I put the entrepreneur on a pedestal and I put the creator lower. And I didn't value the creator part of me as much when really that's who I am. So I was rejecting myself in a big way. And I think when we're rejecting parts of ourselves, we will like unconsciously even potentially pick certain questions and answers based on that. So so it can be very like interesting. I love that you took the quiz a second time and you really dropped in and asked, is this really who I am and really like what I want to choose or am I choosing it because I'm wrapped up in the story or the narrative that I have to be a certain way. As you've been making that shift, right? Like you said, you were very much living in the entrepreneur archetype, like very into the systems, the strategy, the doing. And then you started pivoting and realize like waking up to the need to be a creator and the need to have space and more flow and more freedom. I think a lot of people similar to what you said about how you can tell in my content that like everything is coming through so much more authentic and alive and vibrant like it's the same for you but I feel like after a pivot or shift has been like crystallized like once we kind of get to the other side we tend to be like okay here I am ta-da like this is who I am now so but people aren't necessarily seeing like the cocoon phase right like they see the pretty butterfly and I think it's okay for us to be protective like of our process when we're feeling vulnerable and 
when we need that like safe space for ourselves. But what did that like cocoon, what did that messy middle of like figuring out who you really were, what did that look like? That's such a great question. Thanks for asking it. And I think it's really important to share the cocoon. And I agree with you, like be protective of your process. And I felt like all last year, I felt like I was in process, so I couldn't share. Right. Yeah. And I was like, I can't share from this space of like, hey, guys, I'm selling stuff all the time, but I'm always burnt out <laughs> like that. It didn't it didn't feel like that was the right move. And like I was in integrity with how I was showing up with my clients, especially being coach second. I, I didn't get to the point of burnout where I couldn't show up for my clients because that was always a huge priority to me. And I got, I actually got energy from it. So in the cocoon phase, my actually hit burnout for the first time officially where I felt like here I am at burnout (laughs) in November of 2018. So that was a year and a half ago. And I remember speaking at Angie Lee's Pace to be Brave, which was her first Pace to be Brave she ever did. And there was 500 people there. And a lot of them were my audience. And I was doing a panel on the last day. And I remember just like being dead. And like, I was like, this is my max. And I'm introverted and here with 500 people that want to say hi to me. (laughs) And I wanted to so bad, but it was just, I was like, so dead. And what I was doing at the time, I was working with one of my mentors, Scott Olford, and I was in his program. And I was also working with mentors from Australia. So I was spending like a ton on mentors every single month. And I had hired an online business manager. And because of my creator nature, And like the audience that I built and the products that I built thereafter, it was easy for me to get a lot of clients really quickly, but I didn't build a foundation. It was a disaster in the back end. So I hired an online business manager to help with the back end and I was diving into Facebook ads. And it was interesting. I was learning about my own human design at that point as well. And I'm a projector on the human design, which essentially means I have to wait for the invitation for things to work really well. And I never really knew what that meant, but I realized, oh, I already have an invitation for my entire audience because they've already chosen me. They've already invited me to speak to them because they followed me. So that always felt like an invitation. And doing Facebook ads, the dynamic was really different because I was going out to get. And even marketing, the dynamic was these people are already excited to say yes. And then like, I got a lot of people really quickly, but once it felt really hard to get people to say yes, which was like, I was still filling up my programs, but it was just more difficult than it was easy. And for a while I was just like, my audience really is really engaged and they're really ready for this. And it's really easy. And for two years, it was easy to fill out my programs. And then it started getting difficult. So I started to feel like, okay, I have to be more external with my energy. I have to go fix this and make it easier and build funnels and Facebook ads. And I was like, every time I was trying to do a Facebook ad meeting, I would show up so drained, so tired, didn't want to do it. I wanted to outsource and delegate pretty much everything that made me tired, which was almost everything. So I hired, I was just like trying to hire for this. The only thing that I didn't, that I took a while to hire for was copy. And that's because it was very creative for me. And I got to use my creative energy there. And I liked it. Like I still make all of my own sales pages because it's like part of my creative process for launching. I'm like, no one's allowed to touch this. This is like my favorite. It's so fun. (laughs) So fun. I totally agree. I've hired for copy and stuff 
a couple of times and I'm like, this is really far away from what I would do. And I'm just like, the creator in me is like, nope, never mind. I'll do it myself. <laughs> but I also think that's okay. That's not my vision. And it, it's like even more energy to fix something than it is to just do it. So it's interesting. Like all, like I'm just talking about the dynamics. This was like me observing how I was relating to all of the different entrepreneurial tasks in my business. And because I was the CEO of a seven-figure business with seven team members and a scaled-out group coaching program with four coaches and events, and I was like hosting this and team meetings and blah, 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 I, it was just, I was doing a lot. And I was trying to like get my team to a place, and my team is awesome. And like we, we did a really great job, but like getting my team to a place where we had systems for customer service. We had systems for onboarding. We made sure that we had systems for checking in with each other. We were hosting an event like every other month for my mastermind and for this and speakers. And like, it was so much. <laughs> it was, I felt like I could never catch up with myself. And even though you had the team, you were still the face of everything, right? Like there were people that could do stuff in the back end, but you still had to be the person in the middle. Yeah. And we actually did a whole human design reading with my team, with human design person named Paige. I don't know if you, you ever did a podcast with Paige. I feel like you did for some reason, but Paige Filiator. I haven't yet, but I want to. Yeah. She's great. So we did a whole team thing where she was like, here's your team human design. And I was the only person on my team with the energy to generate money. So what that meant was there was no other person on my team that could be a front facing person and generate the amount of leads. Like there was something about each of our energies that has either the energy to like magnetize and attract people. And for me and for like my experience of learning about myself, what I've learned is that when I show up as myself authentically with good energy and I protect my energy, people just show up. And that's very like, I think, creator-y. And a lot of influencers probably get that. They're like, I'm just being me and it's easy, right? And it's like, there's not resistance there. But for people that don't have that, the entrepreneur, let's just say, I've like done a couple of trainings and some entrepreneurs are like, yeah, I can't do Instagram, but like I have a fucking dope business <laughs> and like my business is amazing. And like, that's just not my role. Right. So I think that we're in a very, we can be in little bubbles and not see that there's other ways to do things. In my experience of myself, I definitely realized that I was the only person that really had the energy to be the marketer and be the face of the business. And I was coaching clients. I wasn't coaching in anything but my mastermind, but I was overseeing my 90-day group coaching program, FCA. And then we had some mid-level programs and then we had some courses and like, it was just a lot. So I was overseeing, I was serving, I was marketing. And what ended up happening is all of the things that gave me life, I didn't have time to do anymore. Yeah, same. So my, my podcast, which like I can turn on my podcast and when I'm in a good energy space, I can be in a flow and it's one of my favorite things to do and have conversations with people. I was doing my podcast for the first year, like two or three times a week, making videos. Like, I don't know if I'll ever get back on YouTube. I actually tried this year and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. But I'm on TikTok and TikTok's really fun. I need to get on TikTok. Oh God, I'm would like, love it. It's so fun. I know. I just need the space, the space to create. Yeah, the space. That was like my main thing that I wanted to, in 2019. I was like, if I could just have the space, everything would be better. 
And I was trying to make the space by creating a system and a business and a structure that could quote unquote run without me. And that's a fucking pipe dream. It's not, it's not real at all. It's not real. (laughs) It's not real. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that's the goal, like the promised land that everyone's like grinding for or like the oasis that you see in the desert. Oh my God. It is the oasis that you see. You're trying to get there. And I think the other thing is too, I have a friend named Dan and he's also a creator and he was doing the same thing last year and he was doing Facebook ads and he was trying to figure out the scaling thing. And this year he decided to quit that entire thing, just coach a couple of high level people. And he's in his cabin writing a novel right now, (laughs) like just being in his deep creator. And I think that what happens is when you think you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to be that and you go into this, I'm going to scale a business so I can have space. It's never going to work because you aren't able to really be in the creator space as you're building. So you will die before you even get to the place. Right. And I think if you're an entrepreneur or you have entrepreneur a little bit higher up on your spectrum, things energize you on the way up, even though it might be a lot, even though it might be hard doing the entrepreneur thing, being in that energy is energizing in some respect, or at least it's not de-energizing. So when you consider your one, two, three, four positions, which we're creating a second quiz for, there's the first two are energy giving and the last two are usually energy draining. And your third one is your biggest point of leverage and it takes energy to really do it well, but you're down. Like for me, it's teacher. So I'm down to do guest coaching. I'm down to do courses. I'm down to make slide decks. I'm down to do a talk. It takes a lot of energy to like, build it all and like come up with the frameworks. Even writing my book is very teacher. It's very like, what's the framework and like the way to break all this down with the information and writing the information and organizing it into a way that I can speak to a group. Even speaking to a group of people can be draining for me, but I'm down. Like I know that that's a point of leverage. I know that's going to take me from only being in coach creator, which like the first two, you can have a six figure business easily. It's easy. Like for you and I, creator, entrepreneur, like you were creator, entrepreneur Mm -hmm. doing YouTube and getting the brand deals and doing coaching. And I was creator coach, brand deals, coaching a little bit less entrepreneurship for sure. But it was easy, like six figure business, no, no fucking problem. And then your last one is the most draining because it takes the most energy because it's the least you. Doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, but it should be a recognition of like, okay, this is the least one that I am. How can I learn from other people? How can I integrate this? How can I outsource? And how can I get this part of my business facilitated the most and get the most support on this? Which I think the people who are scaling from six figures and beyond have the most tension with that because you really have to turn on your third and fourth in that space. Okay. So then as you are working through this or if you're someone like me who I guess I mean you too who identified as one type over the other or maybe they don't even know where to begin like do you what do you feel like helped you get the most clarity was it just giving yourself more space was it journaling was it therapy like how can we create more great question that's why I made the quiz so 
it's still going to be a self-discovery process after you take it because you'll take it and then you'll get asked really specific pointed powerful questions and then be like oh wow I didn't realize that if I were to do something for free it would be this and I didn't realize that the place that I feel really comfortable and I can just drop into without feeling like I have to do a lot of work is this right so asking yourself some really pointed questions about what gives me energy and what like feels so easy to me and what am I just the most naturally drawn to. I think there's a lot of also letting go of self-judgment of what that is as well. Like for me, I had to let go a lot of a self-judgment of like, it feels really fun for me to make Instagram posts, but that doesn't make me money. And like Instagram doesn't pay bills and like that whole kind of shaming process from entrepreneurs and just recognizing where do you feel shame for the things that feel easy for you? Like what feels like you're rejecting part of yourself? Because maybe let's just say there is an Instagram post of like CEO and like wannabe entrepreneur or this versus this. And you're like, I want to be one, but I don't know if I want to be a CEO, but now I think I have to because people are saying I don't run a real business because I only have coaching clients and now I need to learn how to run a real business. But all I really want to do is work with clients, right? Like maybe your full coach, especially the people that have coach and teacher as the first two. I actually think that there's room for people to not scale businesses and like not have that whole scaled out systems, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, pay attention to the things that you're currently buying into and pay attention to the belief systems that you're reading and getting fed from other people who might actually be just different archetypes than you or who might be valuing something that they read and from some someone else that they follow and they followed a system that worked for them. And the whole point of this is to go back inside and utilize your own understanding of yourself and check in with your own internal systems to figure out your best decisions. The thing that I get from clients so much is like, should I do this or this? And I'm like, well, why are you using the word should? Like, what's the should coming from? And should is really a a word we use when we're asking, what's the best choice? What's the best? What's going to get me the best results? Should I use podcast or YouTube? And it's like, well, the better question is, what one do you feel drawn to? What one do you feel excited about? And in combination with that, where do you think your clients are? Because you're not going to do a podcast if like long conversations and being in this experience and potentially interviewing people or potentially building out podcast framework or conversation. If that's not going to energize you, you're not going to do it, right? Like it's just, you're going to have, you're going to meet resistance. Right. Or at least consistently or for long. Yeah. And like for any platform to work, you have to, same thing with fitness and meal plans or whatever kind of thing you're doing to achieve body results or any kind of results. If you're not going to find yourself able to commit to it, it's just never going to happen. Like for me, I almost tried to host a big event right before Angie Lee hosted Pace Be Brave for the first time. I was like, I should host a big 500 person event because that seems like the obvious next step. And then I would get on these meetings with my team planning it and I would just want to outsource being on the meeting. I was like, can everyone else do this? I really, can we, can we also get a new host? Can someone else come up with the content? Like every part of me didn't want to be in it 
And then I was like, maybe we should cancel this idea. <laughs> so it's paying attention to, I think there's a good conversation about resistance, like being out of alignment versus being in your comfort zone. And I think that there can be a lot of confusion about that, especially as you're going through your entrepreneurial journey of like, it feels hard, so it must be out of alignment. That's actually not true at all. If it feels hard, it might just be that it's new. It's a new skill to develop that you've never developed before. Like sales, for example, it might feel hard, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't learn how to do it. And you actually might love it eventually. And like that is a process you really have to go down. So when I first came up with archetype stuff, I recognized that the people that I saw who were the most in their archetypal breakdown and not even knowing it were the people that have done and tried a lot of different things and have made the mistakes and they've really figured out like this is the space that I fit best in. And that's a lot of our that's a lot of like the entrepreneurial community like Alyssa Nobriga for example was one person and she's a licensed psychotherapist but isn't doing therapy specifically anymore but her business and her business coaching business is really centered around coaching. And she, her content, a lot of her IGTV videos are videos taken from her live events where she live coaches people, right? And like the content is based around the coaching and the business model is always based around the coaching and she now has a coaching certification and stuff like that. So the people that I was like, oh, it seems like you're really in the pocket of like, you know what you're doing and you know who you are. And those people to me are people that have done and tried certain things and have really like been committed and devoted to listening to their truth and following a journey and a pathway that makes the most sense for them. And sometimes there were mistakes. Sometimes there were things that didn't work for them along the way. But you have to get to a space where you are not in the, I suck at this zone with something. Like if you suck at the back end of your business and you've never done it before, you got to like learn how to do it. Like it's not something you can just skip over. Right. You have to reach a certain threshold of competency to even know like if you enjoy it. Right. Like my first ever sales call, I was like anxiety sweating and like wanted to throw up when I told someone the price. And now like I love sales. It's so fun. But it's because like I know how to get the desired result. I know how to empower someone to make the right decision. Like I understand sales psychology. So it's fun because I have competency. Yeah. And that probably took a little while and also probably some money mindset stuff that you had to do on your own, some self-worth work that you had to do on your own and skill development that you had to do on your own. You probably had to take a lot of sales calls to get to the point where you're like, throw me on the phone with anybody and I'll sell them and like be confident and happy with that, right? Like maybe even getting through some blocks around judging other people who sell things and who talk about marketing. Like there's a lot of inner work stuff that can block us from fully integrating in certain entrepreneurial archetypes. And I think that like you and I, we've both been on a journey long enough where we've scaled to certain levels in our business where we had to move through a lot of the internal ceilings that we have that stop us from getting to from one part of our journey to the next. And when we move through those internal ceilings, we can be a more fully integrated version of that type. And then we can have more clarity on what types are more of the essence of who we actually are. For sure. So do you have any advice on how someone listening can discern between resistance versus leaving their comfort zone? Yeah, I think the difference really is paying attention to 
where the resistance is coming from. And this can be really hard. And I know like I've experienced this so many times where I'm like, where is this resistance coming from? What's my block around this? Like, why do I not want to do this? Like, for example, there would be times in my career, whatever word you want to use, where I would have resistance to recording podcast episodes. And when I would ask myself, what is this resistance? Like what's underneath this? There could be anything from, I feel really tired. I feel really drained. I feel really obligated. I feel disconnected from what I'm teaching. I feel disconnected from this message. I feel like I want to do something else. I feel like I'm not accessing the part of myself that wants to show up on here. I'm going through something emotionally challenging right now. So I'm a little bit more drained, right? There's a lot of like discernment questions to to keep asking. And when it comes to alignment, alignment doesn't just mean easy. And I think that's a huge misconception. I think the difference is alignment feels like there's a pull in a certain direction. And when it's out of alignment, it's more like a push. So it's like you're pushing yourself past a certain internal boundary to achieve a result. And I think that's okay too. I think that there's still alignment in pushing in a lot of ways. And and that has to be an internal choice though. And coming from a certain place, like I'm going to push myself past my energetic boundary now because I'm clear that I desire this result. And like, it might mean that I go out of my way to work a little bit later into the evening so I can get this course out at this time. And it can be tricky though, right? Like we can push past those boundaries. Let's just say for competing, we just talked about that on my podcast. And we think in the moment we want the result. And then later on we realize, oh, I was really wanting this result because I was looking for validation. And that's okay too. So I think again, alignment and like even the word authenticity it doesn't mean that when you make a decision from a place of ego or desiring validation that you made it from the wrong place. That's actually still authentic because that's where you're at at the moment. And we have to like let that be okay too. And we have to just, I think the main point I'm trying to make is trusting that your journey is going to unfold for you and with you and asking yourself these questions throughout your entire journey with everything that you do and just checking in with your dynamic and what the underlying motivator is and the driver is at all stages will slowly reveal to you more and more of the truth and like let you get rid of everything else that's not truth and that's not you and that's conditioning. But like, again, even if you're coming from a place of ego, even if you're coming from a place of needing validation, that's where you're at. And like, that's not wrong or incorrect. And that doesn't mean that you're weak or you suck. It just means that like, that's every human's journey. Like we all go through that. And entrepreneurship is just an accelerant to recognize what that actually is. Right. I feel like it's better to make the wrong decision and learn from it and use that as feedback than to not make any decision, right? Because any decision you make is going to bring you closer to the truth, whether it's like, oh, that's not actually what I want or, oh, this is the right direction. Like, Either way, you're going to get more clarity and you're going to get closer to what is true. Yeah. It's like you don't have to get stuck in the this feels out of alignment for me kind of conversation because 
if there's a decision between one thing and another thing, it might, neither of those things might be the right thing, but one of them is going to feel like the best decision you can make at that time for where you're at. And it's going to teach you a lesson, even if that means it's a hard lesson. So like, again, going back in my own journey, I hired a lot of people. I launched a lot of things. I hosted a lot of events. It was tiring. I tried this. I tried that. I tried a membership. I tried Facebook ads. I tried courses. I tried all of these different things. I don't regret any of it. Like the entrepreneurial archetype quiz came out of all of that. And without all of that, I wouldn't have been able to gather enough information and experiential feedback to allow these patterns and archetypes to reveal themselves to me. So it's like, continuously going on your journey and doing the absolute best you can to be committed to your truth. And that just means like, that's a daily practice. It's not a destination. It's a daily practice. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, this conversation has had so many great layers to it. I think the next best step probably for our listeners is to take the entrepreneurial archetype quiz so that they can start dropping in and seeing what feels right for them and how they can be more in alignment with what's right. So where can they take it? Where can they find you? How can they immerse themselves in like this stage of development? Yeah. So you can go to entrepreneurialarchetype.com. And if you spell it wrong, I bought all the different domain names with the misspellings <laughs> because it's a hard word to spell. Or you can go to the link. I'm sure you can post the link in the show notes or whatever. So it's just the button versus trying to spell out entrepreneurial and archetype, both really challenging. My team was like, should we name it something else? I was like, can't. This is what it is. <laughs> but there's also an Instagram account that it has a ton of content on it that goes into the different types, the unhealthy expression of the different types, the different qualities of the different types, the combinations of different types and stuff like that, different people and examples of entrepreneurs that are like you and have certain types as well. So that's a really great resource to dig in. And again, once you take it, it will just slowly immerse itself into your business and you'll start to think about it every couple of days, every couple of weeks, when you make decisions, it'll just start to become a part of your language about how you describe yourself. And it will support you even long after you take the quiz and figuring out the best next moves for you. Yeah. One of my favorite things about like personality tests, archetype things, it feels like you're getting permission to like be more of yourself. Yeah. And I, I find that true here as well. And it's just, it feels, it feels nice. It does feel nice. <laughs> and it's so fun. And I'm so excited for you guys to take it. For sure. So go to the link in the show notes or head to entrepreneurialarchetype.com. Check out Amanda on Instagram. You're at Amanda Bucci. And we would love if you screenshotted you tuning into this episode, post it up to your story and let us know what your biggest takeaway from this episode was. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. And we will see you again soon. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending some time with me today. I hope you loved this episode. And if you did, please take a moment to share it with someone or pop the screenshot up on your Instagram story and tag me. I especially love when you guys share a little on why you enjoyed the episode so that I can keep making more content that you want to hear. Last but not least, don't forget to hit subscribe and I will see you again next week. Until then, grind and be grateful, my friend.